So um, we're going to do a, uh, we're going to have like a four-week series here, which we often do for Advent. There's four Sundays in Advent. So we're, this time, uh, we're actually going to look at some uh, names uh, or titles, if you will, of Jesus that refer to Jesus in Isaiah. So uh, probably all of them will be familiar to you uh, if you're familiar with Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, which is often quoted at Christmas time. Um, this prophetic word from Isaiah about the coming Savior. And so, uh, but we're going to key in on some, uh, some of the names that are attributed to Jesus Christ or titles, if you will. And uh, in, in preparing for this, <clears throat> I was just thinking about, you know, what is it about names, right? Um, and uh, I, t- at teaching at Columbus State Community College, I always enjoy just the, the vast variety of names that uh, uh, people are given. And, uh, and so it prompted me to want to search out what are the most popular names in 2023. And maybe you guys can help me with this here. Uh, top boy names in 2023. Um, somebody want to shout out what you think some might be? <laughs> Charlie, yes. It's not it, sorry. Okay. Okay, not hitting any of them yet. Oh, yes, there, he hit one. Liam. Okay, now no Googling allowed. Okay, I'm not saying you did. I'm just saying... To say so, Liam is one of them, and I have a Liam in my class, in one of my classes. Noah is, is was the top one. Then James, I thought that was interesting. It's coming back around, man. Maybe Charlie will too. Okay, Let, Oliver, Oliver. So that's the top four boy names: Noah, James, Oliver, and Liam. Uh, how about girls? Yes, number one. Woo! Said by Charlotte herself. Yes, you are. See, you're popular. Boom, right there at the top. Nice job. Uh, okay, others? Nope. Nope. <laughs> he's, he's throwing with the, if they're coming back, he's going with that theme. What? Yes, Emma. Emma is one. Ava is number two. Amelia. Amelia. I have an Emma, or we have a Charlotte in church here, I have an Emma in one of my classes. So it's interesting just to, to see what names are popular now. But, the, you know, the thing that's uh, a lot of times when people name their kids these days, they don't really think about what those names mean or the meanings behind them. Sometimes they do. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, the first name and the last name go together that just makes something horrible. You know, uh, I'm not giving any examples of those. Um, you can, you know, but yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, but but anyway, you know, in the in in Bible times, definitely people were giving thought to naming their children in terms of uh, what the name meant and what they wanted their child to be, character-wise, what the essence of that name means, and so on. And so it really had um, sometimes way much more meaning uh, than it does just, you know, a lot of times now we kind of say, well, does that sound good? You know, does the name sound good, you know? Um, but, uh, But at any rate, the reason why we're looking at these names of Jesus is because they give us, um, in a sense, uh, 
the essence of his person, like his, the characteristics of Jesus, and even his purpose are explained by these titles or these names. And I just found it really cool that in the last, so this last week I started in my personal devotion, started going through the book of Acts, and it is amazing the number of times that you run into the phrase, the name of Jesus. This, like this person was healed in the name of Jesus, or salvation is in the name of Jesus. It's just, it's just staggering. Or, or, or another one is, there's power in the name of Jesus. And I was, you know, when I was, I was reading that this week, I was just like, man, there's something about the name Jesus. In fact, there's actually an old song that, that there's something about that name. Some of you guys may not even know that. It's like a Gaither vocal band, okay? I'm not going to sing it for you. Um, but, but, you know, so what is it? What is it about, you know, why is this a big thing about the name? Well, it's not some kind of magical incantation, you know, that you say and then something good happens or whatever, but it's, again, really getting at what's behind the name. Uh, You know, so the name of Jesus is powerful because Jesus himself is powerful, right? Uh, And and we would want to, uh, you know, worship the name, in a sense, because we want to worship Jesus, right? We're told to. And... And, uh, you know, there's healing in the name of Jesus because he, again, has power to heal, right? He healed many people here while on earth. And so, so I hope that in the next, uh, you know, several weeks that the Lord may use one of these titles, one of these uh, aspects of Jesus Christ to really draw you close to him, really draw you close to him. So let's, let's pray together here before we get into God's word, okay? Heavenly Father, we're... We're grateful for Jesus. We're so thankful. Thank you for his first coming. Thank you that he has promised that, and that he will come again. And Father, we are just, um, help, help us, Lord, to have the right focus um, as we approach the day when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And so, Lord, we, we ask and pray that this morning that you would help us to... Um, have our hearts in a place where we can receive from you whatever it is that you have for us. Uh, Lord, may we just come to you with open hands and say, Lord, whatever it is I need, I want to receive from you today. Maybe it's a word of encouragement. Maybe it's a word of challenge. um, Maybe it's to draw us close to you in some way. Lord, we just pray, God, that you would help us have the right mindset this morning for this. And Lord, we we ask that, um, too, that, that you would help us to point people to you, point people to the reason for Christmas and why Jesus came. Or we also just want to lift up our church family members and friends who really are needing your healing touch today, God, that, that are just feeling physically awful, battling disease, whatever it might be, God. We just pray that you would grant them healing, that you would touch their bodies, restore their health. Um, Lord, may they just know your nearness. May they be able to know and experience the nearness of Jesus in their life right now, Lord. And so, Lord, we just um, I pray that you would fill me up with your spirit, that you would let you have your way this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. So, um, our, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the name Wonderful Counselor here this morning. And uh, again, this is uh, taken from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 there. We'll look at that in just a minute. But I wanted to just simply set the stage a little bit with uh, before just jumping into Isaiah 9. And that is, you need to realize that it, you know the context here before this, Isaiah 7 uh, and continue, continuing from 7, you know, 8 and 9 over the next few chapters after Isaiah 7 uh, is kind of um, it, it's talking about the beginning of some dark days for Israel. It, and you, it paints the picture uh, with words that it was dark times. Um, and in fact, if you look in Isaiah 8, uh, we have verse 22, and it says, They will look to the earth. But behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. I mean, that's just a discouraging verse, isn't it? I mean, just the, the status of mankind, uh, just saying that, you know, things were, dark days were there. And, and what's happening here is that Isaiah, of course, the prophet of God, is delivering, you know, the status of what's going on, but then... When uh, we get to Isaiah 9, we get a glimmer of hope, get a glimmer of hope. And that's, um, and that's where, uh, you know, it, we, we see the, the verses there in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, and, um, which says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Then verse 7, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so in verse 6 there uh, is where we see this particular title or name, if you will, that says Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. And so what is uh, this name? What is it with this title? And I thought it would be good for us to just kind of just pick it apart a little bit, if you will, and, and talk about the two parts of the word. Wonderful. Now, I'm not by any means a Hebrew scholar, and you know that, but when I looked it up, um, this word wonderful is pele, and basically, most of the times it's used. Um, you know, when you think of the word wonderful, you think, oh, this is neat, cool, um, you know. But really, most of the times this word is used, it's, it's talking about the miraculous. It's talking about the miraculous. For example, uh, in Exodus uh, 15, 11, it says, Who is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders. And that word wonders there is just, you know, doing miracles, right? And so uh, this word before counselor, wonderful, is really has to do with the miraculous, the, um, you know, beyond the ordinary, right? And so that's wonderful. Now, a counselor, this word in the Hebrew is ya'atz, and it means to advise or to plan. So 
That kind of makes sense. Someone that advises you. You know, kings would have advisors, or they were called counselors, right? Who would advise them and help them make wise decisions. And we see this word used in a lot of places. A Psalm uh, 16, verse 7 says, I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. So the Lord gives us his counsel. And then another psalm here, Psalm 32.8, where the Lord says, and this is God speaking to us, he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. And so this word counselor is tied into with instruction and guidance. So you put these two together, and uh, we have likely that Jesus is the type of counselor who takes you to the miraculous. He, he is uh, the result of following his counsel will be more than you could ever dream of or expect when you follow Jesus' ways and you follow his guidance. So Jesus, he counsels and he guides us in such a way that um, he is a wonderful counselor. And so we, we need to think about that as believers, right? That we would take up counsel, if you will, with the Lord Jesus. And so we're going to talk a lot about this today. But I, be, um, as we make our way to this, I want us to say that, you know, and I know this is not a, a, a direct correlation here, <clears throat> but there, I mean, there is, a, there is some overlap. Remember, typically when you think of counselor today, you know, it's, it's a, a therapist or someone, right? And certainly not against that. And by the way, don't at, at any point think that uh, Pastor Greg is, is not for counselors today, as I'm going to be pointing us to Jesus. But any good, I think, Christian counselor is going to, a biblical Christian counselor is going to be pointing you to Jesus anyway as the ultimate counselor. But, but I did want to say that, you know, today, you know, if you want to, if you want to become a counselor, professional counselor, you have to have some credentials, right? You have to meet some qualifications. Um, and usually there's, it's not only just a degree, but it's many hours of practice under the tutelage of another counselor, right? So there's some qualifications. And um, as we look at Scripture, you will see that Jesus is uniquely qualified to be our counselor. He's uniquely qualified to be our counselor. All right, and and in what ways? I mean, we could just we could spend hours on this, looking at the ways in which Jesus is is more than justified and should be the one that we go to for counseling. All right, look for our counsel, and so I want to look at a few of these though. Um, Jesus's unique credentials. Well, he is God. Okay, uh, he is God, and because of that, he is omniscient. He he knows everything. Right? He knows everything. And uh, when you look at John, Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 24 and 25 says, uh, But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. We've talked about this before how, you know, Jesus, when he was walking on the earth, uh, he he read people's mail, as I say. He knew what was going on up here. He knew what was in the heart. He knew what they were thinking and, and everything about them. 
And uh, so, you know, just think about that, right? Wouldn't the perfect counselor be someone who knows everything about you? Knows you inside and out, all the good, all the bad, right? The ugly, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, but Jesus knows that because he, he's God, right? He, In fact, when we read that, uh, when I read that those verses to you in Isaiah 9, you know, it says, for to us a child is born, so kind of speaks to his humanity, right? And then in Isaiah 9, 6 also it says, the next phrase says, to us a son is given. And that speaks to his deity. Son is given, son of God. And so, you know, and there are many places we can go into the scriptures, right, where we see that Jesus is God and displays attributes of his godness, if you will, his, his deity, right? And so he is God, and therefore he knows my heart and he knows everything about me. So that's an, that's an incredible, unique quality, right, to have in someone that we're going to, right, to, to speak to our hearts and give us guidance, right? Now, the other thing is, is that he is fully human, right? Jesus is fully God and fully human. Yes, I know this is difficult to reconcile in our minds, but you can't escape that from the Scriptures. You cannot escape this, that Jesus displays attributes of deity, and we see clearly see his humanity. But in his humanity, though, he knows what we're going through, right? I mean, uh, some of the best counselors, you know, here on earth are ones that really can, can sympathize and empathize with you, right? Enter into, in a sense, what you're going through. And uh, it's, isn't it always nice to have even just a friend, someone who has gone through similar things that you have, right? And they can empathize with you. And, and Jesus is that way. Uh, we see here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So he knows what it is to be human. And so uh, just realize that as we, uh, as believers in Jesus, as people who have, if you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, right, if that is you, then you have access to someone who's not only God, who knows everything about you, knows your heart and your mind, and but he also uh, is fully human, and he knows what it is to be human, right? He knows all these temptations that we have, and uh, yet he's walked faithfully when he was here on the earth and, and did not sin. He did not succumb to temptation, but he knows what it's like to, um, to have flesh and bones. And that is unique. Um, now, the other thing is that um, uniquely qualifies you is he loves us perfectly. I mean, no human is ever going to love you and I perfectly, right? We're, we're going to fail each other. Even at our best attempts, we're just going to fall short. We're, we are sinners, in fact. You know, we, we fall short. We miss the mark, all of that. And, and, but Jesus loves us perfectly and always wants what's best for us. Uh, the thing I like about this is that th- this truth is that, you know, Jesus doesn't have mixed motives, right? You and I, we might, you know, uh, think that our motives are totally pure, but our hearts are just not fully restored, <laughs> right? Until the Lord comes back. And so there's, 
there's oftentimes mixed motives that we have for doing even good things, uh, but not with Jesus. His, uh, he, he always wants what's best for us so that we can know that his counsel is just always going to be best for us. And this is the, the thing that I think as a Christian, as you become more and more, as we become more and more familiar with the Bible, is we need to realize that God always has our best in mind. Now, we may not understand all of the reasons why he says certain things or forbids certain things or encourages certain things, but if you know God and have a relationship with him through Jesus, you can trust him because he loves you perfectly. He demonstrated that love for us, right? But God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right, in Romans chapter 5. So, we, we realize that this is not just somebody who said he loves us, but really the actions don't follow. No, Jesus loves us. He showed us that love. He showed us that love. Now, so <clears throat> as we look in John chapter 15, verse 9, it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, as Jesus tells his disciples. And, and uh, as you're a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple of his. And he says, abide in my love. He wants us to rest in his love, to, to know that we're secure in his love. And that's important as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus. We need to realize that this is a secure relationship here. Uh, he doesn't, you know, adopt us into the family and then kick us out. He, we're, well, once we're part of the family, you're in the family of God through uh, what the Scripture actually uses, that word adoption, being adopted into the family of God. When you, by faith, place uh, your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, right? And so, uh, as the Father has loved me, Jesus says, so I have loved you. So just know, you know, Jesus is uniquely qualified as our counselor because he has, um, he, he always loves us and he's always looking out for your best. And no one else can say that, but they're always looking out for your best even with the best of intentions. Now, so, um, now, uh, before we move on, I do want to say this, though, that, that, you know, oftentimes we think we know what's best for ourselves. And, you know, it's just, it's just part of our humanness, right? We, we think we know best, and we take our request to God or whatever, or even we, we go to his word for counsel, and, and, and we, we, we don't like what we see. We're not like, liking what we're hearing, and so we try to argue with God that, you know, well, no, this cannot be your guidance for me. You know, and so, but, but we have to remember, though, that um, it doesn't matter what we think. God always has the big picture in mind, um, and he always has the big picture in mind of what's best for us, right? So remember that, even though, you know, the, the Lord may not be telling you what you want to hear, it's probably, well, it is what you need, right? Now, um, the other thing, too, just about Jesus being uniquely qualified to be our counselor, is that he always gives us honest and truthful counsel, always. He's not going to lie to you, and he's not going to, and, and he won't sugarcoat it either, okay? He, he's going to be uh, shooting straight, if you will, and uh, that's a good thing, right? Because um, 
Sometimes, and I, I've noticed this even of myself, I have to just be honest here, and you probably do the same. When you go look for advice, sometimes you're, you end up uh, only talking to people that you know who are going to agree with you. You know, don't we do that? I mean, I know I do that sometimes. I, I, you know, rather than just saying, okay, this person, they love the Lord, they got the Holy Spirit, they, they have a handle on God's Word, I want to go hear what they have to say when I kind of want to talk to them about the thing that I'm looking for just some input on. And, um, you know, it's sometimes we only fill our list of people that we're going to because we know that they are going to agree with us. You, you know, you don't always, you don't want to, you know, Jesus is going to tell you what you need, okay, not just what you want to hear. And we have in John chapter 1, verse 14, remember, um, speaking of Jesus as the Word here, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, listen, full of grace and truth full of grace and truth. He loves us, right? There's grace, uh, but he's also going to speak the truth. He's going to speak the truth. This is important. So, um, so I, again, I don't know what everyone's uh, experience is with the Lord Jesus and how well you know him, if you have a relationship with him or not, but it's, it's important for you to know he is uniquely qualified. Uh, to be wonderful, the wonderful counselor, okay? For these stated reasons and for many, many others, okay? Now, okay, so Jesus is the wonderful counselor, right? And, and, and if we follow his um, guidance and counsel, um, the outcome will be more than we could ever imagine. Again, kind of that word Wonderful, right? Meaning kind of miraculous, beyond what you could imagine. But the question should come to you about, well, how do I get Jesus' counsel? How do I, you know, it's not like I can sit down with him right now physically. He is, the Bible tells us that he is at the right hand of God the Father, right? He he rose from the dead after the crucifixion, right? And and then he was with the believers for a period of time, and then it says he was taken up, right? And he ascended, and he's at the right hand of God the Father. So, so we, we can't have a sit-down physically with Jesus like you would a person, a, a, you know, a counselor here on earth. But, but there is a way that we can get his counsel, that we can seek the wonderful counselor, and several different ways. But the first thing I want to mention to us, though, is this, um, is that we need to humble ourselves, okay? We have to come before God with humility. Because, you know, any, you know it, it, listen, and, and I've, I've talked with counselors. I've, I've sought a counselor myself before, okay? And And if I was not willing to take his counsel, I'm wasting my money. Okay, and so if I'm not engaged in the counseling, right, then it's not going to do me any good. So it takes some humility. It takes some humility for us to be in a, if I can say this, a posture of receiving. Okay, so 
So we, we have to make sure that we are people who, who are coming humbly to God, uh, to the Lord Jesus, and, and that we need to realize, you know, it, maybe it's a decision you have to make. Maybe there's something that, that's going on that, you, you know, maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's a, uh, some decision you have to make. And you, you want God's guidance. You need some direction. You need some help with something. And, uh, but the first thing you have to do is you have to realize that he is someone we should be going to, <laughs> that, and, and that we, we should come with an attitude, a heart attitude of that, okay, Lord, I want your ways more than I want my ways, right? I want your ways more than my ways. That's an important thing, and, and that can be a battle in and of itself, right? Um, again, kind of Kind of that, you know, not my will, but your will be done, right? And, and that really needs to be our um, hard attitude. And that may take some time. It may take some, just but maybe just take some prayer just to get there. But as we come humbly to God, uh, the the one places that we can get Jesus's counsel, and this kind of ties into, um, uh, you know, God speaks to us uh, primarily through His Word right? Primarily through his word. The word of God is definitely going to be uh, one of our primary sources for getting counsel from Jesus, right? And so, um, I mean, if you will, I mean, didn't we just read John chapter 1 is the word, right? Come in flesh. And so, uh, but we know that God's word is here in the Bible. And and it needs to be our primary counselor. Now, let me give you a, a, a reference here. I, don't, I, I thought I had the verse up here, but I, I don't. So just write this down. Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 24. And if, if you know anything about Psalm 119, it's all focused in on the topic of the Word of God. The Word of God is what Psalm 119 is all about. And it's written, really, I'm told to be memorized. It's written in stanzas. And in the Hebrew alphabet, you know, each stanza begins with something. So it, it's really meant to be a device to help people remember it. But this verse in Psalm 24 says, Your testimonies, which is God's word, his law, your testimonies are my delight. And then it says, they are my counselors. They are my counselors. You hear that? So it's like the word of God is like having a bunch of counselors, the best kind. And, and so just think about that as the Word of God is, is where we get Jesus' counsel, and the Word itself describes it as our counselors. Hey, is God calling you maybe to take some step of faith in your life? Well, you should take up counsel with Abraham in the Old Testament. Because God told him, hey, Abraham, pull up your, your tent pegs, and you're going somewhere. Well, where are we going? Well, I'm not going to tell you right now. We're not going to tell you just right now, but pull them up. That takes some faith, right? So why not look at Abraham's life and see how God worked in his life and maybe take some counsel from that. You'll learn what God is like how the saints of old had to trust God as they stepped out in faith. Maybe you're going through 
um, a struggle because others have wronged you and treated you poorly and, and done injustices to you, if you will. Well, let me tell you what, you should take counsel with Joseph in the book of Genesis. Because if there was anybody who was wronged to the nth degree, it was Joseph. And let him be, and let the Lord Jesus be your counselor through the biblical record. Do you need a counsel? Do you need some counsel on relationships? Well, then you should seek counsel with the wisest man who ever lived. There's a lot written on relationship counsel in the book of Proverbs. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, right? And so the Lord Jesus can counsel us through these people in the Bible. Maybe you're going through persecution of your faith. Maybe you're, maybe it's family members are not treating you well because of your faith. Well, all I can say is like, when I'm in the book of Acts right now, some of these guys were not treated well for their faith. Okay? Take solace with Paul and the apostles and see how God helped them. So I'm just saying that, you know, as we get into the Word of God, Jesus counsels us. Right? As we come to it humbly, as we ask for God's guidance and help, then he uses the biblical record and, and the truth of the Scriptures to, to really resonate with our lives and speak to us through the Word of God. Now, the amazing thing is that every person who puts their faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins like I said, comes into a relationship with God, and it's only through Jesus. Uh, in fact, I just ran across that verse there in Acts, Acts 4.12, that, you know, there's no other name given among men by which we must save, just the name of Jesus, that's it, right? So if you put your faith in Him, you have a relationship with God, guess what? You get the greatest gift ever given. We were talking about this recently in Luke, in Luke 11. It's the Holy Spirit, right? You get the Holy Spirit. And He lives in you. Well, um, the Holy Spirit is also in one other place in Scripture called the Spirit of Christ. Right? And so it's like you've got the Spirit living in you. And guess what? The Spirit also came upon those men who wrote the Scriptures, didn't He? Right? He used their unique personalities and their times in which they lived to write down exactly what God wanted them to write. I believe every word. Every word inspired by God, okay? Meaning God breathed. Inspiration, not in the sense of, oh, I've got a beautiful thought. I'll write it down. No, no. Inspired meaning, that word means God breathed. It came from God, right? So, so the, the Holy Spirit inspired these men to write these things down. And guess what? If we become more and more familiar with the Word of God, then the Holy Spirit can use that Word of God that we've put in our heart and in our minds, and He can use it to counsel us. His Holy Spirit will bring things up that we know to be true about God, to be true about His will, 
And they are our counselor. The Holy Spirit is our counselor in a sense that, in fact, let me just read Isaiah 11 verse 2 says, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. This is talking about Jesus, the, you know, the Messiah. Again, another prophetic word from Isaiah about him. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Listen, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So we get Jesus' counsel through the Holy Spirit. So, but I, you know, we, we need to be people of the Word and people of the Spirit. Both. Shouldn't be one or the other. People of the Spirit and people of the Word. So we, we need to realize that God has given us the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit and that through the Holy Spirit, He uses His Word to counsel us. Sometimes it's um, as we seek God and as we study His Word and we invite His Spirit to help us not only understand but apply to our life, we get his counsel. Now, I'm not suggesting, you know, every time you go to the word of God, God's going to tell you, you know, exactly what you should do that day. Okay? Now, I'm not saying God couldn't do that. Okay? I'm not going to limit God in that way. But, but, but I, what I want us to think about it as we approach the word of God and we, 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 we need to ask the Lord and we come to him humbly, Lord, speak to my heart. And, and particularly, you know, God gave us a brain. And he actually wants us to use that brain to study. He wants us to study the word of God. And, um, and that's what we need to realize is that it takes effort to do that. So as you, maybe you want to study um, Maybe you're, I don't know, I'm just throw this out. Maybe you're studying child rearing or something. You know, what does the Bible have to say about raising kids? And you, you study, you, you find all you can, um, you know, verses on child rearing um, and, and then properly understood, right? You, you try to then say, Lord, how, how, what is something I can apply here in my situation? What is it I need? You know, some people go back to the relationship thing. Let's say you've got a mouth on you. Well, you have a mouth. Everybody has a mouth on them. But you know what I mean, right? That, that you know, things come out of there that you wish wouldn't come out of there, right? Well, <clears throat> there's so much in Scripture on the tongue, right? Proverbs, James, right? What about sitting down with the counsel of God the best counselor we have here, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit say, Lord, what's my issue? What is it? Help me, God, to be one who gives life through what I say, not tear people down. I mean, this is just, I'm just trying to give you illustrations that, yeah, so it's, it's not like we're just going to sit there, typically, just sit there, and God's just going to, you know, download it into our minds. There's often, you know, Effort involved in studying the scriptures, but then, if our if we have a if we're studying not just to learn but to do, that's a whole different thing. Again, it all starts off with that humility. If I if I come to the Word of God and I I put in the the study time and I ask the Holy Spirit to show me, you know. By the way, you know the Proverbs talks about how a wise man can draw out. I'm kind of paraphrasing here, 
draw out the heart of a man. That's wisdom does it. Somebody that's wise can draw you out. Some of the best human counselors are gifted in this way. They can draw out what's at the heart of the issue. Okay. Now, God knows this better than human counselors, and he, so he knows what's in our heart. But as we get into the Word of God, we ask him to show us what's there and that what we need to act on. So the Word and the Spirit work together. And again, you have to become familiar with the Word of God. The Word of God, you need to know, we need to learn how to study the Bible and how to rightly understand it. And yes, there are passages we'll come across where we're going to sit there and say, come up with a few options on what's the best way to, to figure that out. But then we don't always know what the right choice is on some of those multiple interpretations. That's, but you know what? Those are so small. Those are so small. But, but we need to be people of the book and people of the Spirit, okay? Now, the other thing is that God has given uh, you and I, there's an, another way that God does uh, often work through, um, and, and that's godly friends. Godly friends. God will sometimes use another believer to speak to you and, 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 you know, as you sit down with them and you want to get their counsel, and God is working through them. There are times when that happens, okay? And so as we, we see here um, in Proverbs 27, 9, it says, oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. The sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. And so you want to have some friends in your life who love the Lord Jesus, who are true Christians, and who are people of the book and people of the Spirit that you can get counsel with. That you can sit down with and say, uh, this is what I'm going through. This is what I, you know, I, I, I would love to get your input on this situation or this relationship issue, or this is, I'm struggling with this particular area. Could you help me uh, in, in, you know, maybe whether using the Word of God or your experience or whatever? And sometimes, you know, the Lord will just, will just use that person in an amazing way. You know, and, and, the, and, and the person, we're not, I'm not even saying that that person is this like, you know, the ultimate biblical scholar or the best, you know, they, they, they really know their counseling, you know, um, stuff or whatever. But just, I mean, he can do that. He can do that. Um, so, you know, you, you seek the Lord. Now, you want to make sure, though, that you're, you're, you're seeking the Lord first and you're seeking his counsel through his word, through his spirit. But you need to make sure that, and this is why I think it's always good, in my opinion, to study the scriptures in community. There's safety in that, okay? That you don't start going off here, you know, uh, theologically off somewhere that was off the reservation that is, doesn't have anything to do with what God intended. But there's safety when you can, when you can seek counsel with others. You know, think about, there's some decisions that people make um, that they just, you know, they're, and they're pretty sizable ones that they don't even talk to other people about. I mean, would you think that somebody, whoever you marry, that's kind of a big one? Yeah. I mean, 
you should, you know, if you're if you're in a serious relationship with somebody and you're considering that, you need to be talking to people who can give you counsel on that, or like their impression of this individual. You know, I mean, that's because this is like, you know, presuming that we all don't believe that marriage is just a throwaway thing. That it's, you know, the Lord wants this for life. You know, um, it's a big deal. And so, I mean, that's just one, but, you know, just, I mean, not that it has to be always that huge, but just you, you need to have people in your life that you know aren't just going to be what I call yes men or yes women who are just going to always agree with you and who will tell you the difficult things, but who are true to you. Like they, they know, you know, they want your best, uh, but they're, they also love you enough to say hard things. And that's earnest counsel, as we're saying here in, uh, in, the, in that Proverbs verse that we just read. What was it, 20 verse 7? Uh, 27 verse 9, 27 verse 9. So, uh, so God has given us everything we need here. And, and again, you know, he has, again, I mentioned this before, but, you know, he has gifted people in wisdom and discernment. And I think a lot of those people are, Great Christian counselors, you know. He, he has gifted some people in that way, and they've gone that way professionally. And certainly nothing wrong with seeking out biblical, godly Christian counsel um, professionally as well. Um, but you should also have, you know, friends in your life that care about you in that way. Well, listen, Jesus is the wonderful counselor, right? As, as, as we take on and say and believe and know that his ways are best. As we follow his ways, as we follow his guidance in our life, we will not imagine, could not even imagine where he's going to take us. I mean, as I look back on my life now, I mean, there are things that have gone on where the Lord has taken me and things he's done in my life. I could not have imagined that happening. And, you know, we need to see, again, that his ways are best, right? Not, not the ways we always want, but his ways are best. And if we can get over that hump and, and know and trust him in that way enough, then we're going to experience him as the wonderful counselor who he is. Okay. Let's pray to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that um, Jesus is the wonderful counselor. Thank you, Father, that you have uniquely qualified him to be the one who knows everything about us. He knows the deepest part of our hearts. And so, Laura, we just, um, I, I pray that anyone here this morning that um, the, the best wisdom that they could ever get is. Put your faith in Jesus. Let him be your Savior. Let him um, save you from your sin. But Lord, we just, I just want to also just pray anyone here that needs your counsel on something. Maybe someone's sitting in this room and they just say, God, I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your, I need the, the counselors of the Word of God to come to my side. Lord, I pray that you'd grant the request. I pray that 
you might guide them into the Scriptures and by your Holy Spirit and maybe even from godly friends into a path that will be in alignment with your ways. Sometimes that's not always just one way, like one path, but multiple ways that we can live out your ways. Father, I just pray that those that are struggling and need your guidance and help, Lord, would you grant their request as we humbly come to you, as we say not uh, my will but your will be done. We just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.